0: What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got a good one for you today. A lot to get to since I've been off the last couple days. Warriors game against Milwaukee, game against Brooklyn, injuries, people being cut around the league, game against Clippers tonight. Going to touch on all of that, and it's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you today. Uh, First off, thanks for sticking with me, guys. I uh, I took some... Some days off last week uh, for my birthday. Went to celebrate my birthday. Had a great time. Thanks for asking. Uh, So, yeah, sorry I was gone the last three days of the week. So we got some catching up to do. But uh, appreciate the time off. So here we go. Warriors played the Milwaukee Bucks last Thursday. As we all know, they lost pretty handily. Bucks played a great game. They're a solid team. Well put together. And they made a coaching move this offseason that has really helped. It's really helped. I don't want to minimize their win because they won. I mean, it's, they absolutely won. Handily. They played great. And they have some aspects to their team that bother the Warriors. They have length everywhere. Solid three-point shooting. Brooke Lopez is all of a sudden one of the best three-point shooters in the game. That's a stretch. But he's a damn good three-point shooter. Tony Snell has been solid. He's shooting like 47% from three right now. Malcolm Brogdon, former Rookie of the Year. You know, I could go up and down their roster. They have good players. Chris Middleton's having a hell of a a, a year, hell of a season under uh, Coach Budenholzer. And it's similar to the, the jump that we saw Clay Thompson make going from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. And Steph actually made that comparison when, when asked about the Milwaukee Bucks. That it's similar to the change, the jump that the Warriors took when going from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. I forget the Bucks coach's name from last year. Man, he was so basic. And I forget his name. And he was a butt of a lot of jokes. But I now I have to look it up. Joe Prunty. My man, Joe P. Yeah, shout out, Joe. He did fine. But Budenholzer, major upgrade. It's a good team, good defensively. Giannis is absolutely incredible. If he can get anything resembling a jumper or a three-point shot, he will absolutely be the MVP. He might be the MVP without it. Warriors played poorly. No Draymond is a huge missing piece, Obviously. Steve Kerr learned something this game that I will actually talk about in a little bit uh, when he made a change in the game against the Nets. But the reporting, as I've mentioned before, and I'm going to continue to mention it because it bugs me and I'm glad I have this space to vent about it, is so annoying. Yeah, the Bucks won. And they look good and they look like they're a good team this year. But it's one game. It's the, what was it, the 12th game of the season for the Warriors? And all the articles and reporting afterwards was, you know, the Bucks are the new number one contender. They're the team that's going to knock off the Warriors. They're legit. It's not the Celtics anymore. They jumped the Celtics. It's not the Raptors. Kawhi who? It's, it's the Bucks, And we're so obsessed with what's new and not what is actually the biggest threats or anything like that. And I don't want to take anything away from the Bucs. They are great. But did people forget that they lost to Portland by 15 the night before? Or that they lost to the Clippers on Monday? Or excuse me, Sunday? So now is Portland the, the number one team in the game? Because we were tripping about the Bucks beating the Warriors. But since the Trailblazers beat the Bucks, right? The Trailblazers must be the next best thing, right? Or what about the Clippers now? The Clippers have to be in contention, right? So... As I've mentioned before, the reporting around this team bugs me. It's annoying, and it's just what we have to deal with. Thanks for letting me vent. I, I, I'm sure you guys noticed the same thing. Maybe you didn't, but I found it rather annoying. Good win by the Bucks. They're a good team. Blah, blah, blah. Moving on. If the Warriors see them in the NBA Finals, great. Can't wait. But just some of this stuff was a little overblown. People make fun of me for using that term overblown. I should find a different one. Was a little blown out of proportion. No, I keep using blown. I got to I got to change that. So moving on, well, not quite yet moving on. The biggest thing to come out of that game was the Steph Curry injury. It was an adductor strain or adductor strain. Basically, he strained his groin, which is an injury he hasn't dealt with before. He sat out the game against the Nets and he is actually going to be sitting out the back-to-back of tonight and tomorrow. So he will miss at least three games. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a handful more. There's no reason to rush him back at this point. It's so early in the season. You're not playing for seeding yet. You know, of course, the wins like to stack as many wins as possible. Look, they're still the number 1 seed in the west at this moment. They have still have the luxury of Kevin Durant. So, yeah, I would take my time with Steph and it looks like they're going to, which is the right call regardless of how long it takes. If it takes months, you know, that wouldn't be ideal, but fine. We're early enough in the season that that's just fine. It's funny, I was watching the, just a random thought here before we move on. I was watching the Bucks game yesterday. I forget who it was. Was it the Clippers? I don't even remember. I think it was the Clippers, the game they lost. And Brooke Lopez hit, I think, eight threes. And I'm sitting there like, oh man, he would have been nice for the Warriors. Would have been nice to have him with his shooting and everything. And I just forgot that, oh yeah, we have DeMarcus Cousins. I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousins. When he comes back, whenever that is. But it was just an afterthought, a funny afterthought I had. I'm sure you guys don't care, and I I think I just wasted about 45 seconds on this podcast on that. But anyways, moving on. On Saturday, the Golden State Warriors took on the Brooklyn Nets. And the Nets are a talented team. They're a team that could, they have the ability to beat you any night. They also have the ability to lose by 20. They're erratic, but they do have talent. They're not, I don't know, Orlando, I guess. You know, really young and sloppy and not good. (laughs) They have talent. They have vets. They're a solid team. And the Warriors without Steph, Draymond, or Sean Livingston, it wasn't your normal Nets-Warriors matchup. It wasn't. Or I wasn't as confident, at least, as I usually am going up against a team like the Nets. The Nets are one of these teams that we've seen the Warriors take lightly. And the Nets have the ability to uh, light the place up. You know, uh, the Lakers, a couple years ago, Warriors had trouble with the Lakers. And for some reason, the Lakers would shoot like 100% from three against the Warriors and beat them by 20 when they were the team with 10 rookies starting or whatever. You can't start 10 rookies. That's impossible. So coming into this game, it was going to be a challenge, but they were up to it. Warriors ended up starting Quinn Cook, Clay, Kevin Durant, Damian Jones. And then here was one of the big changes that Steve Kerr made is he started Jonas Jarebko over Jordan Bell at the power forward. Jordan Bell started at power forward against Milwaukee, and it didn't work out. And something we've noticed throughout the regular season so far is the lineups with Damian Jones and Jordan Bell or Bell and Looney or Jones and Looney, it it just doesn't work, not in today's NBA. When no one can step out and hit a three or a deep jumper, it it just kills spacing. And now maybe that's something they'll work on with Damian Jones because as he displayed and has displayed throughout his time in the G League, he does have a legit jumper. And I think it was the Milwaukee game, I think. Might have been Brooklyn, not sure. But he was showing off his his jumper. And it was wet. <laughs> you know, the guy does have a jumper. So maybe it's something they'll work on, but at this point you do have to go with Jarebko just to help spacing and even though he went 0 for 3 from 3, the bottom line is he'll take him and he's a legit a legit threat to to knock him down and to actually take him they have to respect them. They can't just leave them wide open like they would with Bell or Looney or Jones. So that was a big piece. Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant both spoke about it after the game as well. i um, just kind of – I kind of – I felt like they uh, – coach made a good adjustment putting Jonas at the four. Um, and in the last game, it was kind of hard playing with uh, JB and Damian out there because they're two centers. Um, So the spacing is a little messed up. JB's role is a little different, so we're trying to figure that out as well as Damian. So I thought last game, um, Coach tried something in this game. He made an adjustment, and Jordan, his energy is off the bench, and Lone's energy, you know, he brings every night as well. And Damian came out and played a great game. So I think Coach just made a minor tweak to the lineup, and um, it was able to help us all out. And I agree with him. There's no reason to mess up spacing, especially when you have an option of – A Jonas Jarebko, so why not start him over guys who can't shoot? Nothing against JB or Loon. They both have uh, roles with this team that they're both solid at, but no reason to try and force them into a situation that they can't produce. So that worked out fine, worked out well. One of the things that was awesome (laughs) and great and loved to see it, But also kind of leaves me scratching my head is Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook comes in, has a hell of a game. I think he put up 19 in the first half. I think he was, what, 7 of 8 at one point. Maybe even better. I lost count, but he was hitting everything early. Ends the game with 27 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. He was awesome. He was awesome. And we all know he has the ability to do this. And some of the reaction after the game, some of the articles was how much of a luxury he is and how he's going to, has gotten DNPs and how he will get DNPs. And that just doesn't make sense to me. To me, he's just proven that he can contribute. He's proven it over and over again, and he hasn't complained at all. And that's the other part about uh, what was written after the game was the fact that he's just perfect teammate, perfect citizen, has no problem doing his job and playing this role that, that he's gotten. But I just don't see why a guy who's shooting his what's a, his uh, true shooting percentage is the exact same as Steph. Steph's shooting 681 and Quinn Cook's 680. And his, uh, what, his three-point attempt rate is 44%, and he's shooting 51% from three. It just seems like he's a guy that can, can contribute more, but for some reason doesn't. And I also saw that people think that the... The presence of Steph makes Quinn a little redundant. All right, but Steph doesn't play 48 minutes. And just the idea, the the complaints of not being able to get offense in that second unit, well, why can't Quinn Cook get some minutes in that second unit then? I'm hoping that they'll find a a more consistent role for him because I do think he can be more effective than just spot starts for Steph. But what do I know? Either way, he played great. He's going to be starting tonight against the Clippers. So, we'll we'll get to see more of him. I just think he could be more of a contributor than they allow him to be. But, like I said, I don't know. (laughs) So, (laughs) who are we kidding? The bench played well. The move to back to the bench for Jordan Bell worked. It was, and look, it was a one-game start for Draymond who by the way Draymond will be back tonight so Will Sean I think I already mentioned that but just in case. Jordan Bell played 27 minutes, 5 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. Starting to get into form of Jordan Bell. The Jordan Bell we remember. So it's it's good. It's been a it's been a struggle this year for him. But he's still a damn good player. Still finding his way, and yeah, I I just I don't know. One thing I do know is Kavon Looney's been the best big the uh, Warriors have had so far this year. Damian Jones has done some good things, but Kavon Looney's been the best, most consistent big for the Warriors. Not a great, not a at least statistical great game for Kavon, but he played well against uh, the Nets when you have to go up against Jared Allen. I'd want to throw as many bodies at him as possible. You know what's crazy? Jared Allen was a pick in the 20s. So was Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert didn't have a good game. But those two are going to be stars. If not just just below stars. And that's part of why I like what the Nets are doing as well. They're supplementing their young players, their quote-unquote young stars with... Some vets that while they're bringing in these vets, they're also getting assets for them. They're taking on bad contracts like Alan Crabb, like Damari Carroll, like Mozgov, but they're getting assets to come with these contracts as well. So they're building while also getting useful vets who are overpaid. And that's another thing that I, I've mentioned here before. It's funny to me that just because a player is overpaid, we think they're useless that they shouldn't be in the league. Now, there are some of those. But for the most part, these guys can still play. So there's my little Nets rant that I just I took a left turn on. Damian Jones had a solid game. As you know, he's someone I'm tracking this entire year because he's a guy who's going to progress this year. And he's one of the only young players that the Warriors have that is going to. Jacob Evans looks like he's going to spend most of, if not the entire year, In the G League. Which wouldn't be that big of a deal. If the Warriors didn't make. A. (laughs) A whole point of drafting someone that could contribute this year. And wouldn't be a project. And defensively he's not a project. You could get him to come in and defend immediately. But then you're basically playing offense four on five. He is a zero offensively. Hopefully that's something he can work on and, and get fixed. But as far as tracking someone's performance every game. It's basically Damian Jones, maybe McKinney, but I think McKinney has pretty much proved at least through 13 games that he's going to be a consistent role player and easily is going to get his contract guaranteed and probably next year's guaranteed as well. But it's something to keep an eye on. But Damian Jones mostly is the main guy to to focus on as far as game-to-game production. Which, in this game, he was solid. He had a monster oop. Like, I would like to see more of it, but I think part of it with Damian Jones is he's his feel for the game He's is something he's still working on. He He seems to be a guy that, unless he's told exactly what to do and where to be, can be kind of lost. And he's got plenty of things to work on, but that's part of what this year is about for him. This is his first year in the NBA, really. Playing in the NBA, at least. So, seeing how he can adapt moving forward and things like that. But, solid game from him. Eight points, six rebounds, one assist, one block. One not-so-great thing is that six rebounds is his season high. So, it's definitely something he needs to work on. There's a lot of stuff he needs to work on. But... As a role player for this team, even though he's starting, you can still start and be a role player. And that's what he is. He's doing just fine. Had a sick alley-oop where the thing was a good foot behind his head. Had an and-one dunk. He's been good. And one of the most intriguing, positive uh, developments of his game over the last four games is over the last four games, he's shooting 80% from the free throw line. He's 8 of 10 in those last four games. So not a ton of opportunities, but that's still a positive development, especially because he's usually around 50, 60%. So if that's something he can keep up, that'd be great because he's going to get to the line a lot. I mentioned uh, Alfonso McKinney, another good game from him. He didn't take any threes, which is understandable after that Milwaukee game where he was 1 of 7. He's still shooting... What is he? I think he's 13-27, so about 48%. And it wasn't as if he was turning down threes either. He just had a different mindset this game, and he got to the hoop uh, a good amount and was just making plays. He's he's just a good basketball player. I mean, that's the best, biggest uh, compliment I can give him right now. He's just a good basketball player. He just knows where to be and what to do. Marcus Derrickson scored his first NBA bucket. As he was called up from the G League uh, on his two-way contract, same thing with Damian Lee because they were down so many players. I think with Sean Livingston and Draymond Greenback, I think both will be headed back to Santa Cruz. But both are players that I am very intrigued by, especially Marcus Derrickson. I'm actually going to talk about him a little bit later in this podcast. But I think that about wraps it up as far as the Nets game goes. The Warriors win 116-100. Basically had it. Wrapped up throughout the entire game. Nets were were a solid opponent, but still the Warriors just have too much firepower, too top heavy. And now that they've kind of worked out the uh, the fringes of this roster, they're they're just too much. Even while missing Draymond Green and Steph Curry and DeMarcus Cousins, don't forget DeMarcus Cousins, you guys. DeMarcus Cousins is a is a Warrior. Just wanted to remind you guys of that. Real quick, I just also wanted to mention, make sure I didn't forget, is Clay Thompson's playing well. He's definitely playing well. He's playing better. Uh, through his first seven games, his averages were 15 points, 39% field goal percentage, 14% from threes. In his last six games, 27.8 points, 54% field goal percentage, 51% from three. So he's getting it back. And it's going to be a slow climb. He's still shooting 35% from three on the entire year. But luckily, when that was happening, when he was hitting that slump, he was still playing well in other aspects. It was mostly just bad three-point shooting. But now that it's climbing back, you know, he's, he's Clay. He's going to be Clay. theres not There wasn't any worry that this was going to last all year, that one of the best shooters of all time all of a sudden wasn't going to be able to make a three. But these last six games, that's a, a very positive improvement for Clay Thompson. Warriors taking on the Clippers tonight at 7.30. I think it's on NBA TV. We're going to run that down next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So, stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-thru for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on understandable but with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by cdw the future can work better technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office wait this isn't my floor is this even my building even if it's been a while it orchestration by cdw people who get it find out more at cdw.com future of work what up everybody welcome back Two Locked on Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Warriors taking on the Clippers tonight. The Clippers are one of those teams that they're solid. There's, I mean, that's the best I can say. They have a lot of solid players, a lot of above average players on that squad. And they did beat the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday, I believe. And it was a damn good game. They have a lot of <laughs> above average to above average players, a lot of players where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's solid. He's solid. Uh, also, Shea Gilgis Alexander, the rookie point guard that they have, he's been playing well for them. Montrez Harrell has been playing good. I mean, Tobias Harris, Lukan Baumute. Mike Scott, Lou Williams, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly, Danilo Gallinari. all these guys are solid players. None of them are superstars. none of them are great, but they're all solid. And that's something that kind of similar to the Nets, but even better than the Nets. You know, they're a team that can win any game. You probably wouldn't pick them to win any game, but they have the ability to do so. So tonight, no Steph Curry. Have to imagine Quinn Cook will start again. And this will be a big challenge for him because he'll be going up against Patrick Beverly and Avery Bradley. Both great guard defenders. Especially when it comes to, so they match up with, with uh, sorry, with Cook's size. If they're going up against Sean Livingston or someone, you know, at least Sean has a good six, seven inches on, on those guys but with Quinn it's pretty pretty close, pretty even size-wise and they're damn good defenders. So it'll be interesting to see how Quinn can do against guys like that. Like I said, I imagine Quinn will start even with Sean back. But we'll see. Steve, you know, Steve does some some things. Steve likes to move some things around. But we'll see. Damian Jones, I imagine will get the start. I mean, he's obviously going to get the start. He's their starting center until DeMarcus Cousins comes back. But he will I think, get a good amount of time. He played 19 minutes against the Nets. Games before that, he was more around 12, 13. I could see him up in the 20s this game because the Clippers start Marcin Gortat. They have Boban, uh, Boban Marjanovic. That was a struggle to get out. But they also have Montrez Harrell. So, Boban and Marcin Gortat, better matchups for Damian Jones. Montrez Harrell, probably better for Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney. So depending on who gets the most time out there will probably dictate how much time Damian Jones gets. It'll be something to watch for, for sure. Clay, can Clay keep up his good play? Kevin Durant, he has been facilitating a lot more, not just this year or just his time with the Warriors, but since Steph went down, it's only been one game, really. But he had, I think he had 11 assists against the Nets. So will he continue his playmaking ways? Now with Draymond back, does that kind of cut into it which isn't a bad thing. Look, it's always good to have Draymond back. It's better to have Draymond back than not. And that's another thing to look for. Draymond back. Is are there any lingering aspects of his injury? Doubtful. Uh knowing how careful the Warriors are with their with injuries and especially injuries to their main guys. So That'll be interesting to see. Obviously, McKinney, all all the regular stuff to look for is going to be worth it. But I think one of the most interesting things will be how much time Montrezl Harrell gets because I think that will dictate how much time Jordan Bell gets. Jordan Bell is another player that we have to keep an eye on this year as far as his development, his progress. And then also, look, I I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but I look forward all the time to where I'm looking at he's a restricted free agent this offseason. So if he starts playing out of his mind, that'll be good for the Warriors, but then that'll affect what they have to pay him moving forward. Again, probably doing too much, but that's just me. So that game's on at 7.30 tonight. Going to look at some news around the NBA real quick, give you my league pass picks, and then wrap it up for this Monday. Coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York Never compromise, drink responsibly Today, every answer matters More than ever before Because whether it's about health, deliveries Or finance, some things just can't wait That's why IBM is helping businesses Manage millions of calls, texts And chats with Watson Assistant It's conversational AI Designed to help your customers Find the answers they need faster No matter the industry Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. It's your boy, Charles T. Hamilton. Some news around the NBA. Carmelo Anthony is most likely going to be cut or waived or whatever you want to call it uh, by the Houston Rockets. And... Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a great move for the Rockets, at least in the role that he was going to be playing. I didn't think it was a great move to get rid of Mute And, and, uh, God, why did I just blank on him so badly? Oh, this is embarrassing. Ariza, Jesus, that was rough. You know, you turn 32 and it just, your memory goes to, goes to <laughs> But no, I didn't think it was smart to punt on Ariza and Mbamute. I thought they were major cogs in their success last year, and I think it just shows the arrogance of Daryl Morey. But anyways, Carmelo Anthony being cut, it's sad. I didn't think he had much left in the tank. I think the role that he can fill in today's NBA is not a role that he wants any part of. I've heard people ask me if he would fit on the Warriors. And as just a flat-out answer, no. Because I think he's a power forward only at this point of his career. And I also think that he's just not very good anymore. But the role he would fill would be like your third-string power forward. And the reason why I say that is I think he could back up Jerebko. <laughs> I think he could be the third option as a stretch four as far as the skills are concerned, but as far as mentally, I don't think he wants anything to do with that. And I also think that if you were going to look to someone to fill a position like that, not that they need it, especially with Draymond coming back, but let's say Draymond's injury was going to last a lot longer. I would rather give that time to Marcus Derrickson, the rookie that on the two way contract, than bring in, you know, an angry former superstar, who probably will pout about the role that he's going to fill. So that's where I'm at with Carmelo Anthony. It's a tough fall from grace right now, but I don't know. The media is obsessed with him. I did not think the move in OKC was going to work. I did not think Houston was going to work. I, I don't know. Sorry, Melo. Tonight, <laughs> league pass picks. So as you know, the Warriors are taking on... The Clippers. A couple years ago, this would definitely be a league pass pick because of the animosity and all that. Not so much anymore as all of quote unquote Lob City is gone. Uh, so I will go with four tonight. Jazz and Grizzlies, that should be a good one. A little bit of a little bit of, you know, mid-level teams, if you ask me going at it. Jazz are having some problems this year, or at least they're not what we expected them to be out the gates. Maybe they can get it together, and then you know what? Going to throw a curveball here: Spurs and Kings. Spurs seven and four, Kings seven and six. Seven o'clock from the G one C. Uh, Kings are exciting, man. Look, there's a chance they lose by thirty. There's a chance they get the win. The Kings are exciting. De'Aaron Fox is a guy you should all be watching. He is incredibly fun to watch. Willie Cauley Stein might be one of the most ath- the most athletic center in the game. If not, he's one of the most athletic. They're uh, they're exciting. So definitely check that out, Spurs and Kings, Jazz and Grizzlies. I got to go. We went long. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.